Every Woman is a feminist show that highlights the struggles, triumphs, and accomplishments of women and girls and the men who support them. Every Woman includes a rich intersection of female voices that represent a wide range of ethnicities, social and economic status, as well as political and spiritual beliefs, with the purpose to enact social, political, environmental, and economic change. The views and opinions expressed on Every Woman are those of the hosts and the guests and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, KKFI staff, board, or management. Good afternoon, KKFI listeners, and welcome to this week's edition of Every Woman. I am uh, one of your hosts today and your board operator, Rachel. I am joined today here in the studio by uh, one of our producers and our co-host, Fiona. Hi, Fiona. Hey, Rachel. How are you today? Wonderful. It's so great to be physically here in the studio after all that time at home. <laughs> I know. We're still separated by plexiglass, but it's so awesome to sort of be in the same room with y'all. And so. I've been very good. I didn't do the thing that you do when you're about five or eight and press my face up against the glass <laughs> and pour at you like a kid at the candy shop window. But which one of us is in the zoo? I don't know which one is in the display at this point. I guess it's me, right? Because I have more stuff back here. We could both be on display. I mean, we are both wearing awesome clothes today, and I got my rainbow earrings on. I mean, both of us are fit for display. (laughs) That's true. And we are on camera here at KKFI, so it's all good. So... um, It is such an amazing day, and we have an incredible guest today. Our guest this week is Kansas City's own Nicole Springer. She is an award-winning, critically acclaimed vocalist, songwriter, and instrumentalist. Um, When Nicole isn't singing and songwriting, um, she is battling period poverty in Kansas City through her activism at No Shame, a period product project for our underserved communities. Nicole founded No Shame in September of 2020 in response to her own previous struggles to afford period products. Um, Since its conception, No Shame has collected and then donated back thousands of period products and hygiene items for our houseless and underserved communities. So please welcome to the Every Woman program, Nicole Springer. Hi, Nicole. Hello, good afternoon and happy Saturday. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. So, um... I often like to start off with uh, our guest telling us what I call your squiggly line story or your squiggly line path. Basically, how did you get to this place from where you started? So give us a little bit about your background and how you ended up here in Kansas City and with the No Shame Project. Sure. Well, I was born on Whiteman Air Force Base in Nam Noster, and ever since then I've just been in the area, but uh, here in KCMO. Uh, for the last decade or so. I'm a musician in Kansas City, so I've been singing and songwriting for about a decade with bands and um, now solo on my own. Um, But before even all of that, when I was 19 years old, um, I experienced housing instability, slept in my car, slept on couches and floors, wherever I could um, and sometimes up to three months, depending on the situation, but um, because I was disowned by my family um, for being a queer person. And um, from that experience, um, I was kind of triggered last year. The pandemic really weighed heavy on, well, probably everyone, I would imagine, but also myself. And um, I had saw a tweet that took me right back to being 19. And the tweet said, normalize donating period products to our to homeless shelters. 
And it kind of blew my mind. So I was like, oh my God, yeah. And I remembered, it took me back to a moment where I had to steal tampons from my job, my employer's uh, stock room, because I didn't have any money. <laughs> and all of a sudden it connected the dots and I felt so hopeless about the pandemic that it was like, action, time to do something. Enough is enough. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not worrying the world away. It's not, it's not going to happen. So um, I talked to my friend Jennifer McCartney at Kansas City Heroes, and they do houseless outreach and picnics for our houseless and um, she encouraged me to do it and I launched No Shame and here we are how many months later six months later or so and um, it's one of my biggest passions in life so that's where and I'm still a musician I found two I found a new passion so that's yeah. fantastic. I, you know, normally when we have folks on and and have organizations, I talk about. So, how has the pandemic affected you? But like, your organization has only operated during the pandemic so far. I don't know that it ever would have happened without the pandemic, and that's not to say I'm happy the pandemic happened. Sure. I'm sad that there's even a need for my organization. Frankly, it's really un- should be unnecessary if we live in a a fair society um, or a decent society, for that matter. But um, yeah, that's the pandemic did bring this to life so i'm grateful for that yeah it's it seems like that is one of the things that's happened uh that's been really positive in the pandemic i know that the theater community fund was born out of a need in the community as well and during the pandemic and it's amazing that you you know finally sort of have had enough and want to make a difference so yes well, you got to put your foot down at some point and realize that you're doing more harm than good by doing nothing you know oh. so yeah that's a good way to put it. Can you talk about the can you talk about the mission of No Shame? Yeah, so it started out pretty, you know, to the point. Um, it was specifically for our houseless community and it was specifically period products, uh, so tampons, pads, cups, liners. Um, we even make little period packs that we hand out that have the items and wipes and sometimes headache medicine if it's for somebody um, without a house, without a home. Um, so it started out that there. Within a few weeks, I realized like there's just a lot of needs that are beyond that. So I expanded it to hygiene. So we do toothbrushes and toothpaste and hygiene kits. Um, and we've even accepted donations of canned food and clothing. I just move things around. I check with, I have a lot of partners that I work with, Free Hot Soup being one. I mentioned Kansas City Heroes. Working together, where's their need? How can we fill it? And making it happen, but not without the support of our community. So it's been, it's been an overwhelming support um, from people that are just really moved um, by becoming aware of this issue. So, Yeah, I'm awfully often astounded by the fact that there are are so many organizations that focus on exactly this and that there is a huge need for all of these organizations in this in this time. Um, the fact that we have to um, struggle to take care of a very natural and simple biological need of, you know, over half of the population and that becomes an issue is just appalling to me. It's appalling just on its face right there, but then you add insult to injury and take into consideration the luxury tax that's placed yes. on, on menstrual products in Kansas and Missouri. There's 30 states, I believe, currently that have a, 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 a yeah, a luxury tax on what I consider a necessary item. So you can get bingo supplies and commercial vending machines without a state tax, but not, not tampons. So Missouri makes $6 million on us and... Um, that's a whole other part that I, I don't know what to do with that information aside from share it. Yes. Tell people, like, this is, thank you for this opportunity to plant some seeds so people can understand we're being, you know, 
these people with ovaries that experience periods and have that process are being used and costing us. And it's one in five teens in America can't afford them. So it's not acceptable. Yeah, and when you take into consideration the fact that women are statistically speaking less likely to be well paid, the luxury tax doubles that gap and makes it far harder for people on lower incomes to be able to afford products like this. They may have to choose between eating and having tampons or period pads and thus being able to go to work without any shame and without having to worry about bleeding through and getting sent home from work and losing money. That on top of it, there you go. So just all these ways that we are being, you know, it's forcing us into, it's forcing people into poverty. It's forcing them into a situation where that the shame. So then you mentioned, so that's the other part of no shame. It's not just the fact that there's a luxury tax. It's not just the fact that it's expensive. Also, that we can't talk about it. I was not raised to discuss this. You know, I couldn't ask questions about my body or periods, and um, and, and that I understand with children. You know, with young people, there's always there's tact and ways to go about that. But as adults, I can't say does anybody have a tampon because I start my period without it being a disgusting, you know, reprehensible thing to say and. That's bizarre to me because we really can't help that. <laughs> this is a yeah. natural body process. Yeah. One so. of the things I loved about uh, one of the local Kansas City cafes is that they, in their women's restrooms, before they made all of their restrooms uh, omnisexual, uh, and now in all of their restrooms, they provide both tampons and sanitary towels for free for anyone that is there. No having to write, have the right change for a little machine or anything like that. They're just mm. out there. And even now that they're unisex bathrooms that anyone can use, they haven't tried to hide them or anything, so males won't be offended by seeing a tampon. They're just right there in case anyone needs them. Of course, you have to have the privilege to be able to afford to go to a cafe, so that doesn't necessarily help homeless or houseless people, but right. they're just out there in case anyone needs them if, if they don't have them with them and prepped and they have an emergency. I think that's just an awesome attitude that more places should adopt. If every place did that, you know, that would put the government in the corner. They'd be like, ugh. <laughs> okay. So I see the people are not going to accept that, you know, that this is a, that we have period poverty. It's called period poverty, and it's, it is a crisis. It's, yeah, no, that's amazing. I want to support that cafe, so let me know who does that. <laughs> can Can you elaborate on, on the, the term period, pro- period poverty and, and tell us what that means to you? Yeah, so, you know, period poverty, in my opinion, or the way I would describe it, is being in an underserved, potentially impoverished situation to where a person cannot afford to buy a menstrual product. It's as simple as that. Um, It's just inhumane to me. So that's what we're trying to address here. So I mentioned that we were specifically for houseless, our houseless community in the the beginning, and it, it became very clear that People can have a shelter and not have a nickel to their name beyond that, you know. Um, there's people that are living in homes that technically should be condemned, and, you know, that's in Kansas City. In fact, there's, there's 1,500 houseless people in Kansas City, but I'd be curious to know the statistic on just people that are in homes that really aren't even, you know, safe for them to live in. But um, so anyway, so I expanded it. So now we're a project for our underserved community. So a lot of what we do is we do deliver to people that don't have transportation. So we have a whole uh, sheet that people can fill out a survey form and let us know what they mean, and then we go deliver it to them to their home as long as it's within a range. We don't we're not a um, you know a monetary 
faith-based group, very grassroots. I mean, I, this is just in my basement. <laughs> so I do what I can, and sometimes people will, will throw, throw a bone our way just to help with gas and stuff. But um, so anyways, we're trying to help everybody because period poverty is not exclusive to our houseless. It's, it's not exclusive to adults. Like I said, one in five teens uh, can't afford them either. And I think it was like three, three in five missed school because of period. Yes. yes. It's a problem. Yes. There's a problem here. I think the origin behind the luxury tax goes back to sort of when my grandmother was alive, when women used to have to cut up rags to use for period products. And mm. when things were made that you could just use and dispose, everyone was like, well, that's luxury compared to that. But mm. it's not a luxury because some people are so poor they don't even have rags to spare. And even if they did, they don't have the washing facilities to do that. Plus, we have moved on so much as a society that saying, well, it, it's not a luxury because you could just use rags is totally not acceptable. No. Do they even hear what they're saying? I mean, do they, you know, <laughs> people don't stop to think about what they're saying. It, it just doesn't contain any compassion to me. Our government, make, we make toilet paper, we make all these other things that nobody's paying for, and yet we're allowing, you know, young girls and, and people who experience periods to suffer alone with that and plus like you mentioned not having access to a shower so that's why we include wipes in our period packs especially for our houseless because who knows where they're able to take care of that that business you know it's oh man it'll crush your spirit yes um and we are up against our first break here so we're going to take our first break here and we will be right back with more talk with nicole springer and uh, no shame right after this and we are back on the Every Woman program. We are talking with Nicole Springer today from the No Shame Project in Kansas City. Um, I think this would be a great time uh, to give out some contact information if folks want to contact you or want to avail themselves of your services. Could you give that out for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter at No Shame and KC. And we also have a website that's just noshameinkc.com. And there you can find our donation locations. We have nine, ten donation locations across the metro um, where you can drop off period products if you want to participate there. But you can also find out about volunteering or if you need assistance, you can also find that uh, information there. Is, is that how someone would avail themselves of your services, just contact you via the Internet or...? How does that work? Yeah, actually, they, they message our Facebook page. So if they're on Facebook and message No Shame, uh, there'll be an automated response that will give them a link to the survey, and they can fill that out. And there's just some check check mark boxes for if you need pads or tampons. But we also uh, have a partner called Casey Women's Ministry, and they help us get diapers for, for moms that can use a little lift up. So we also do that as well, just trying to spread the love. And I think that all of the local uh, libraries provide people with free internet access. So if people don't have internet access, they can go to the library and get access that way to be able to reach you. That's great. Absolutely. And they actually have a whole slew of resources there, I believe, for everybody through the pandemic. Just, you know, help with housing and <clears throat> food pantries and things like that, too. So the library is great. But, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, this message that there's really no shame. Like that's exactly what we are, what we say we are, and, and our our team, our small team of volunteers are we're all on the same page. So feel free to message us anytime. 
And I think you take wider don- donations. I think you mentioned toothpaste and toothbrushes. And I know every time I go to the dentist, I get given a free toothbrush and a little mini toothpaste sample. And I've got an electric toothbrush, so I don't use those toothbrushes. And I could bundle them all up and donate them to you. And I'm sure our listeners could do the same. <laughs> yeah, we can totally use those. I mean, that's a lot of what we put in our little hygiene kits that I take to. Every month I go to a houseless picnic in Washington Square Park and take hygiene kits and period packs. And, yeah, those things are great. Toothbrush and toothpaste. We do hat razors, bars of soap. Um, it, you know, I mean, if you have hats and gloves, you can go ahead and start bringing them because, you know, in the winter we're going we're gonna to have to all work together to make sure people um, can get through the winter. So, But right now it's about summer, and I'll talk whenever – some point i'll tell you about an event we're doing to try to raise a, a water drive actually to try to help free hot food get water to people through the summer so i'll talk about that whenever sorry <laughs> well before we get to get that i know you've mentioned the term houseless a lot and i think a lot of our listeners are used to the older term of homeless so could you tell us about the difference between those and why the shift yeah you know i just i obviously i always heard the term homeless as well and um I just had read somewhere, just in all of my research and different community groups and outreach, you know, that it mentioned that, you know, just because someone uh, is, doesn't have a house doesn't mean they don't have a home, you know, or don't have a sense of home. And so I didn't want to place the emphasis on a physical home being what home is to somebody. And so houseless to me just is, you understand that it's housing, that stability that, that they're lacking and not necessarily like they don't have of homes in their hearts or otherwise. That makes a lot of sense, especially given that old song about the wherever I lay my hat, that's my home. And we keep using uh, the musical community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go, exactly. So I just think it's a little more sensitive because you don't know somebody's situation and there's no reason to put people in boxes, which is what we're all trying to avoid. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because it puts on the nose exactly what they're lacking. They're lacking shelter and a house place to be yep so your your website talks about um uh, period packing events can you tell us about those (laughs) yes so something fun that we just started last month is we we held a two-hour period packing party so i mentioned we have business donation locations where you can drop off and donate to in midtown kava on 39th street not far from kkfi um, uh, they're one of our locations, and they have an extra space. So we, me and my team, went there, and we had probably about 10 additional volunteers that had just heard about it on Facebook come in, and we <laughs> formed a conveyor belt line, and we all just packed period packs, and we did about 200 packs in two hours together. And I turned around and went and delivered those to Operation Breakthrough. So that was the first one. So we had a second one, so I'll announce here with you guys. Uh, um, uh, our next event will be at the Big Rip Brewing Company. That's a brewery in Northtown. Um, it's also one of our donation locations, and they're awesome. But we're going to be doing it on the patio from 1230 to 2.30. So it'll be period pack, building period packs on big tables. And um, so even if you just want to come and you just want to like make a few packs, or if you need a pack, you can come by. But Laws will be asking people if they'd like to come by and bring some bottled water. We just want to really help support free hot soup. They do so much right now, um, always. I mean, for years they've been keeping people alive honestly and we want to support them all we can so that's going to be on june 6th sunday june 6th 12 30 to 2 30 you can come help us build packs or drop off donations ask questions or like i said bottled water would be amazing so yeah that's the next one 
Sounds like a great idea and a great location. Uh, you know, Big Red? I'm more thinking that I can see a lot of volunteers think, feeling it's more of a party if it's held at a brewery and opportunities to eat and be more social while they're doing the period packing. Right. I'm even thinking some of the local companies that used to do team building events pre-COVID um, when people could actually get together. Mm-hmm. The, that sort of event would be an awesome event for a company to do. I think mm, I like that. That's a creative idea. See, that's what we need creative ideas on how cause people want to help. And they're like, how can I help besides just donating, which is great. But yeah, it would be a great team building. I mean, I made friends that day. We really connected as, you know, when people have compassion in their heart and you connect with each other, it's just, it, like I said, your spirit gets lifted from the crushing that can sometimes happen. And um, I cannot wait. June 6th, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I, I was just thinking for companies that... It's volunteering, it helps the community, and then it would take that shame away that we were talking about because whatever the gender of the employees, they would all be there helping pack up those kits. And that would be a total change of face to how most company uh, morale building or team building events tend to be. Yeah, I mean, my gosh, it's amazing when, when anyone that doesn't experience a period offers their support, and we, we had a few uh, men come in and helped us load up our, our Jeep, and I was just like, thank you, and it was, for them, they, it was just like, they were just there to help, and I love it, and that's what we should be doing, because again, no shame is the key, so I love that. I'm going to throw that out there in an idea for, for some businesses to get involved. That's such a cool, cool idea, so thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you. It just popped into my head. Yeah, I think that's that's actually one of the, the really important thing is not only is there no shame, but also just to amplify the fact that, you know, there shouldn't be any shame and there shouldn't be any stigma to, you know, folks right. who menstruate. And, and so much of the time, that's part of the problem is there's, there's no education. I mean, we talked about this when we spoke with uh, Lindsay Weiss from I Support the Girls, um, that, you know, uh, male children... Uh, you know, cis male children don't get the same sort of education. They don't know what, you know, cis females go through. And that's part of what happens. That's part of where the stigma comes from. It's just because there's they're not educated on, you know, basic sort of biology of folks who menstruate. No, you're right. It's like a, a, le- a layer of secrecy over it. Right. Even to, ourself, even to ourselves. Those, you know, those who have a period, it's like, even if, I don't even understand what's happening to me because we're all afraid to talk about it. And yeah, for yeah, for boys, it's like, just let them know. This is, it's important because, you know, we end up interacting with them and we try to keep it from them. It's just, yeah, it's shame after shame. So... Uh, yeah, anybody come in and, and be a part of this. And it can, it, there's no problem seeing tampons on a table. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the source of it because in the UK we have co-education classes uh, on uh, human body and health and reproduction and things uh-huh. like that. And I mean, I taught high school science for a couple of years, so I was yeah. the person who had to stand up in front of a class of teenagers with boys and girls together and say all those words that tend to make boys fall off their chairs because uh, you just mentioned a word that begins with P and ends with S, and you manage ha- to say it without brushing bright red and carry on talking, even though they're sitting there giggling. Um, but oh there's still that sense of shame. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, if we were having visitors come around, my mother would have me go and frisk the bathroom bin to make sure that there weren't, like, sanitary towel wrappers or something in the bin. Wow. That's it. 
That's it. And what does that mean to a kid or, or a teenager who's going through that to see their parent act like that? It's a societal problem, and, and we have to be the next the generation that stops that. You know, I have nieces and, and family that I don't want them to be embarrassed of this because it's not, it doesn't, it hurts your confidence as a human being. It really does. And we all need to be whole human beings. We're all connected. Our society needs us to be healthier. So this is what I focus on. I've taken the shame out of being having a period period <laughs> although it's kind of hard to hide it when uh, most of the sanitary products are in bright yellow bright pink uh, bright pastel blue uh, wrappers if you're trying to sneak them into a pocket at work to go to the restroom or and an- anything like that they try and make it as public as possible with those colors yeah they make it worse for us they're like oh number one you can't tell anybody that you're on your period and over three years the brightest pad <laughs> container ever made <laughs> so good luck trying to get to the bathroom with that <laughs> oh lord yeah well if we can just keep planting the seed of, of you know understanding and, and accepting ourselves then we're all gonna be better for it <laughs> so in these uh these period packs you're giving away what 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 exactly are in them what are what are you putting in, in them to give away yeah so they're just these cute little i guess little knapsacks that tie at the top and we put in usually usually 20 tampons or uh, about 12, 13 pads, depending on how big they are. Try to get a variety of sizes. And then I put in uh, two packs of Summer's Eve wipes just for the cleanliness factor. And depending if it's free hot soup or, you know, the houseless community, we also put in packets of uh, Oatleave and Advil just for cramps. I mean, I can't imagine not being able to afford a period product and then having cramps on top of it. It's just, oh, God. So we try to address the, the pain aspect of it because it, it's um, it's a legitimate uh, obstacle in your life when you go through that. So. So yeah, our packs—they've been—they've been great. We've, like I said, we had a lot of partners. Operation Breakthrough, um, Pride Haven—they are um, a community center stopping. Uh, that's not far from you all as well. They're on Thirty First Street. We donated to them. Um, yeah, we're just trying to get it, get those packs anywhere we can. We're always looking for organizations. So if anybody out there needs them, please feel free to message us. I can deliver pretty much every week. So we'd love to help it out. Help you out. I think. We talked about poverty and impacts, but it could be a huge deal breaker if someone had a job interview coming up and didn't have access to period products because they could have breakthrough bleeding and not be able to make it to the job interview because they don't have a spare suit and that could just completely lock someone further into that cycle of poverty. And things that you're doing there, especially for the houseless who have less opportunities to take care of and have spare clothes uh you're helping break that cycle mm-hmm. well that's that's exactly it yeah a lot of a lot of people that are living on the street you know have one pair of clothing and then they have a period and they don't have anything to help themselves with that it's inhumane and it, it interrupts it can interrupt your life to be in period poverty and and not to mention the health the health implications you know toxic shock syndrome that increases that urinary tract infections i mean it, it creates more health issues on top of probably already health issues if you're living on the street malnourishment and things like that so i i mean yeah there's just a lot of areas to address but period poverty is just something that's so we can fix this it doesn't have to be like this 
Yeah, toxic shock syndrome, I figured, was the reason why you're including more tampons than sanitary towels in the kits. But would you like to tell our listeners about it, just in case anyone isn't aware of it and what can cause it? Yeah, well, toxic shock shock syndrome, um, obviously, the risk is heightened when you have a tampon in for too long. I don't know what the hour span is, but you, I did 10 plus hours, I think, is when it can definitely lead to toxic shock syndrome, which, of course, can lead to serious health implications and can even kill you. Um, And that's just one of the health issues that can develop, like I mentioned, you know, urinary and reproductive infections. And then, of course, you know, not to mention emotional elevations of anxiety and depression, and that all comes back to shame. So, yeah, the, we, we add a more tampon, but it's just more fit in there, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but it act, actually, that's a great benefit to it, though, because then they, 20 is, should, is usually enough. Everybody's cycle is different. We don't have to go into that. But um, 20 tampons, I feel like, is a safe bet for somebody to get through a period. So when I go to a monthly event, I'm really trying to make sure somebody has what they need for the month. So I can get back to the next month and, and um, have them one last thing on their plate. Why they shouldn't have to worry about that. So, yeah, there's a lot of risks involved with not being able to afford period products. Sure. Yeah, I know uh, some people these days uh, will that are on the birth control pill. They, you don't get your period if you stay on the pill and a lot of people stay on it for like a whole year and <laughs> just have one period a year because they recommend coming off at least occasionally. Some people do mm. that because they have so much pain during their periods, especially if they've got something like endometriosis, that uh, mm-hmm. they take something to manage their body because endometriosis is very undertreated, very under-researched, and for anyone who doesn't know it, it is when you have ludicrously painful periods to the point where you can be on the floor crying and screaming and wanting to die and... Mm. Um, and for many of the people with it, their, the lining of their womb actually grows outside of the womb in other parts of the body. So even if you were to have a hysterectomy and lose any chance to have children, it still won't necessarily cure it because that tissue will still respond to the hormones changing and still try and destroy itself with extreme amounts of pain. And so this is one of the treatments for it is for people to stay on the birth control pill to not have those Mm. hormone fluctuations and to have the tissue react like that. But people Mm. that are houseless and in poverty don't have access usually to good health care where they can get access to medications like that. So you're sometimes people's only option there. Yeah, that's that's rough. I've known several people with endometriosis and it's... It's very hard, difficult to, to live with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, somebody that's housed on the street, of course. I mean, I, we, I run into a lot of women and men, you know, that have these health issues that they just, they don't have health insurance. They're not seeing a doctor, you know, knee pains, wounds on their legs, you know. I mean, just, just from living on the street, battling just the elements, um, they just put a lot on their plate. It's, it's tough, but I know that there's a lot of great groups in Kansas City, including a new uh, group and initiative called Merging KC, where they're getting in. They're kind of like little, they're pallet homes, I think is what they call them. So they're bringing those in and trying to work with the mayor and the city to create some initiatives to tackle this problem once and for all. 1,500 people in our city live at homes, and I think how remember what the statistic was, but many were veterans as well. This is unacceptable. So I think it, it, people have finally voiced enough disgust that our city is taking it seriously. So 
cross our fingers. <laughs> I'll definitely be sharing at No Shame anything uh, developments that come up with that, and um, hopefully No Shame can help okay. you know provide period packs for people when they get into their pallet homes and, and you know get the, give them a fair shot to live their life and have peace. I really hope that's the case because the previous attitude in Kansas City has been to assume anyone that's panhandling is just faking it and that they're getting into their BMW and driving home with all the money they've conned out of people at traffic lights. And I, yeah. yeah, tackling the problem and actually accepting and admitting that it's a problem is always the first step to actually solving it. But just also to treating people like human beings instead of as disposable. Right. Well, that's the problem with all the stigmas in our society about being houseless, about periods, stigma, stigma, stigma. There's always some kind of falsehood uh, hanging around that's in the way of progress and the way of helping people. And so that's what it's great to see the narrative. Finally, the truth being seen that the people that people that are houseless are struggling. This is suffering. This is <laughs> this is nothing else but that. And um you can't hide it, especially there were some deaths over the winter, you know, and Free Hot Soup was, again, there's some amazing activists in that group that just went to the news. I mean, they were going to move mountains um, to ensure that that didn't happen again. And that there's a, a, several motels across the metro right now that are housing our houseless. And so there's definitely steps that have been made. So let's just, we got to keep the fire under, under them, <laughs> you know, and keep pushing them towards um, making sure no one, is on the street. There's no reason for it in Kansas City. We have just as many vacant buildings as we have houseless people in this city. There's no reason for it, bottom line. Yeah, and modern studies are showing it costs more to deal with the so-called homeless problem than it does to actually put those people in homes, even pay for like a cheap hotel room for them. It's still cheaper than paying police and other services to keep trying to move them on and uh, treat them poorly. It's ludicrous. I mean, it shows you their priorities. I mean, what are the priorities here? It's not people, not human beings. So it's up to us, really. And that's what activism is, is a response to the government not doing something. So I'm doing one little small part, but there's a whole bunch of people creating a whole, and I think it's going to transform this city. And people are fed up with it. They're fed up with the lies, the stigmas. And um, there's just too much compassion in us to let this continue. So I have faith. Well, I love that, and I love the name of your group, I, the whole concept of no shame, because I mentioned about the endometriosis earlier, and so many people don't realize that what they're going through when they start with that, as teenagers, when they have their first periods and it starts, they don't realize that's not normal. And because people don't really tend to talk about periods much, they'll probably just tell that, that one of their parents that they're having a lot of pain in there and they'll just say oh well period cramps are normal take an Advil and it can be years before they find out that wanting to claw out your insides with a rusty hook is better than the pain you're going through um, that that's not normal they just assume everyone else is going through that level so they can't even seek medical care because no one talks about it and explains cramping is normal but hurting that much is not normal and you need to see a doctor. That isn't getting communicated in health classes or by parents. It's so much suffering could be avoided if we didn't have this shame and this bias against talking about natural bodily functions. 
I agree. It's the bottom of the barrel, it seems, on of needs. <laughs> it's like the last thing we talk about is, is uh, menstrual health. And so that's why it's been amazing to, to kind of introduce people to this idea and to see their face and to see their eyes like, like what? I mean, I went to my dentist office <laughs> and told my dentist and dentist dental assistant, and before you knew it, they'd mailed tons of donations, you know, from our Amazon wish list which is on our website. So people want to help. They just have to be aware of it. You know, it's an awareness that we all have to be, have accountability for. It's not our, it's not our fault that we're in this predicament, like individually, but together we have, once we know, we have to do something about it. So, um, yeah, spread the news. It's a real problem and we need to talk about it. All Absolutely. of it. Endometriosis, whatever the, whatever it's about. Um, we should be able to talk about our body processes. So, yeah, I mean, if you have kids and you only have boys and think therefore you can't help do anything to mitigate the shame because you won't be able to teach your, the next generation of girls, you can teach the next generation of boys. You can teach them that mm. it's okay for them to carry a spare tampon and a spare sanitary towel in their bag to school in case any of the girls in their class need one and that it's okay to yeah. talk about it and they're not going to sit there and giggle and make fun of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you have a little more faith in your child's ability to have compassion? Like, really? What are you saying about young boys and men? Are you saying they can't be compassionate? I, I don't believe that. You have to want to take responsibility for, for sharing that information in a way that is, you know, healthy. It's up to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many so. parents teach their girls about how not to go out on their own late at night and that they're at risk and how to hold keys in their hands so they make an uh, impromptu knuckle duster, but don't teach their boys that this is what happens to girls and this is how you can keep girls safer and how not to make people feel threatened and how not to be a threat. Mm. The, the shoe and the responsibility is also and always on the other foot. Yeah, that's very true. You never yeah. hear about the, the the men who are perpetrating these crimes. It's always the women who are, what was she wearing? And, you know, you hear about girls getting sent home because their shoulders are bare, or you can see a bra strap or something because the, they're distracting the boys somehow. Instead of teaching our boys to, you know, control themselves and understand, you know, what the other half is going through. It's, yeah, it's, it's ludicrous. Historically, they talk about women being the weaker sex and not being able to control ourselves and having urges. And it's like, have you actually listened to yourselves? Because you're the one saying that you cannot control yourself if you see a woman's ankle or too much of a woman's shoulder. And yet you're saying we're the weaker sex that can't control ourselves. Yeah. Why is the burden on us to put up with bad behavior or to have to, like, work around bad behavior when we could just start by creating good behavior? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, the burden shouldn't be on us to, you know, it's ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> so you, you mentioned some of your partner organizations that you've distributed some of your donations to. Um, do you also allow folks to just sort of directly contact you, like just individuals to get um, products as well? Absolutely. I mean, we, so yeah, we have a community partners that we donate to. Um, we also have like communities like, <clears throat> uh, yesterday I, I took another donation to the Bhutanese community, a refugee community of Wyandotte County. They just, uh, you know, somebody started that for them to help them with resources and, and things as they acclimate to, uh, to KC. And, um, so they just reached out to us just individually and we've created a relationship there, but also individuals. So yeah, I've delivered, you know, all the way up to Liberty. I've gone as south as, you know, Peculiar, 
just drop off donations to individuals that need the help. But um, we do the best we can. I am just one person, and I have to kind of vehicle-wise and money-wise. I mean, this is very grassroots. And so, you know, do I, I have a dream someday to be nonprofit and to really be able to do anything we want to do to help people. But more than anything, I hope that, that period products are just free for anyone who needs them before that. <laughs> you know, I'd like that to happen sooner. And there are things happening in California and other, other states or high schools you know, are now having free products to anyone who needs them and government facilities or, you know, there are progresses being made. But until it's for everyone, 50 states out of 50, we got work to do. So, yeah, we will help anyone that we can help. Just feel free to reach out to us. We'll find a way. We'll figure it out. So since you said that, remind everyone how they can reach out to you, please. Yes. So you can email us at no shame in nkc at gmail.com or you can message us at Facebook on Facebook at uh, no shame in kc.com. And if you message us on Facebook, you'll get an automated response with a link to a survey where you can uh, request what you're needing and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you. And so yeah. if, if someone wanted to volunteer, what, what, sort of, what sort of volunteers are you looking for? What kind of help does your organization need? Sure. Well, um, we're always looking for people that would be willing to help uh, deliver, um, maybe people that would have packs on hand. So let's say you live in Lee Summit and I give you 10 packs to have on hand. So if we ever get a request for somebody that needs something in Lee Summit, you could just go drop off on their porch. It, it doesn't require contact. It would be a drop off. Um, always looking for people like that. So if you're interested, you know, it, it could be a year that you hold on to them or in a week, you know, somebody might need some help. But um, that would be really nice. We're also, you can also join our period packing events. We're hoping to make that a monthly, uh, if not bi-monthly situation. So you, June 6th, you can join us there. Just come on up. It will be on the patio. So we'll have fresh air and can spread out and be safe. So uh, otherwise, feel free to message me. Let me know what do you, what can I mean. Is there some? Do you are you good with computers? Are you good with uh, graphic design? Do you want to help in a way that maybe I haven't haven't had a chance to even consider? Uh, especially if you're an artist or something, I would love to throw I, a little mini music fest at some point in 2021. Feel free to hit me up there. Um, but we're open to ideas. Whatever's going to spread the news. If you can help us hang up flyers for events, send me an email or a message, or find me at Nicole Springer on Facebook that's my music account you can message me there too if you'd like that's fantastic yeah so um, what what I love about what you're doing so far as a grassroots organization is you're sort of knitting together all of these other organizations that some of them might not even be aware of of each other um, I know I've found that that's that's kind of a huge issue especially in the LGBTQ plus community there's folks doing a thing over here and we don't know about it and we're sort of replicating it and we're all much stronger sort of being together so I know your website's got that great list of sort of partner organizations and um, it's mm -hmm. wonderful to see you know us the awareness being built up of all of those places and sort of tying them all together yeah I mean really it's such helpful. a big deal to like have a brewery have a bin that talks about period products, right. has tampon boxes hanging out of it. You know, I mean, for people to walk in and have to see that, it's just normalizing all of it. And that's what we're trying to do. So, no, it's amazing. And you had mentioned I support the girls. Well, just as an example, right, we both are kind of catering to the same type of need, but we actually both have a bin at the Big Rip Brewing Company. Yes. <laughs> uh, they reached out to me and were like, are you okay with this? And I was like, heck, yeah, I'm okay with it because we're both helping the same community. This isn't a competition. This is community. Right. And so 
I think it's great. The more we know about each other, the more we can pass on information and donations and fill these needs and lift up uh, this community because they need it. Absolutely. So, cool. Well, we are up against our last break of the hour here, so we will be right back after these messages with uh, some more talking with Nicole Springer. And we are back on the Every Woman program. Um, you've got Rachel here in the studio along with Fiona, and we have been talking with Nicole Springer for the hour about the No Shame Project in Kansas City. Um, so uh, you talked about um, where do you have events that you um specifically take donations to like tabling events and that kind of thing is that something that's happening we've done i've done a few things like that but for the most part um there's just permanent bins at these donation locations so like mission taco (laughs) in crossroads and in the south plaza they both have pink bins so you just walk right in and there's a pink bin has a sign says what we're what donations we're taking. So 10,000 Villages in downtown Overland Park has a bin. Big Rip, I mentioned. The Smalter Gallery has a, a bin. Um, select hours, and you can find those on our website. Um, Hoy Supply in my hometown of Oak Grove, <laughs> which I love because, you know, in Oak, I just think back to myself as a kid in Oak Grove not being able to talk about my period, and now I have a period location in Oak Grove. <laughs> um, they, they also have provided us tons, and a lot of churches have been pitching in and different community groups and businesses, some uh, of social workers have gathered donations and stuff. So it's been really, I haven't had to do a lot of pop-up events yet because my basement is crazy packed with <laughs> donations and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. Um, so we just really need more organizations that we can get these period packs to. So spread the word on that if you can, because we'd love to not leave anyone without the resource if they need it. Can people also collect period packs from the same places that people can drop donations off? So if those places are close to them, can they just turn up there and say, I need a period pack, please? That is something that we've thought about doing. Midtown Kava does, actually. So Midtown Kava, they are amazing. They actually, I don't know if you know, Moho Justice, of course, you know Moho Justice, but they have a a big kind of like clothing closet in their extra space that's just closed for anyone who needs them. And um, we actually have period packs there, too. So you can go by Midtown Cabo, but I'm actually, I would love to find a permanent location where I could just send people and say, packs are there, maybe not, because sometimes with a business like that, people may not want to, again, the shame, we're still trying to eliminate the shame, it still is there for people. So if we could send them somewhere where they're not being seen customers and, you know, and they can just get what they need and leave, then that'd be great. So if anybody has a suggestion on that, let me know. But um, we'd love to partner with food pantries and things like that as well. Um, it's a matter of continuing to build the network you know so we're getting there for sure i was just thinking how well distributed and spread out all of your uh donation centers were and the need is also distributed uh which you're tackling with wanting to have local holders to be able to drop things off for people so people don't have to drive two hours across town or right. you don't have to drive you know, yeah. across town. Or I don't have to drive. <laughs> well, but the thing is, too, is even if somebody wanted to drive, not everybody has a vehicle. That's a big problem yes. or a big part of the issue for people. They don't have a way to get there. And so I love to, I'm happy to drop off to people as long as it's in a reasonable location. But it would be incredible, yeah, to, I mean, my dream is to have little, you know, little stations by bus stations. That's almost like just, you know, a mailbox. Somebody pull down, a pack comes out, you take it go and anybody that needs it can get it i don't see why i why can't we do that so maybe that's the proposition i'd love to bring up at some point in the city but like i I got some 
<laughs> like the little free libraries that people started doing, oh, having little go. free period pack stations yeah. on people's lawns exactly. instead or as well, right next to the books. That yeah, and right by bus stations where it's so people that don't have transportation and that are using the bus to come and go, they, they, they can stop right there and get it. There's got to be a way to do that. Somebody's got to be doing that somewhere. So I, I, we've got some research to do. Yes, I know some of the homeowners associations and some of the towns locally have tried to ban the little free libraries and said that they were an eyesore, whereas they're usually really cute. But uh, something like that, that you could pair up and have free books and free period products and maybe those bottled waters let people really take what they need to survive feed the heart feed the soul keep the body going strong too i would absolutely love that i'd love that all around the city i mean my god i would really feel proud of kansas city if we could do something like that for people like that'd be amazing yeah let's do it Absolutely. So we just have a couple minutes left. This kind of segues into my next question for you. If you could look into your crystal ball and tell me, where do you see um, no shame like in the next three years, in the next five years? What is what is your sort of long-term goal for this organization? Well, gosh, it's, it's ever-changing just based on life. You know, I with work and everything. I mean, I, I would love to see this become a, five, a 501c. I would love for us to help um, move pro- uh, period products into schools or into community centers. I would love to, or parks, to have, like we said, a stand that people can go to with that, and just pick up a period pack or having bins at parks where people can donate anywhere in the city. I want to make it so easy for people to give to this. Um, but really my hope is to keep spreading the awareness and, and the pressure is put on the government. So no shame. It's just like, oh, hey, we can now see what other needs there are to me, you know. So my goal is that we end the period tax, <laughs> um, and maybe not us, but, the, you know, uh, other uh, community groups that are working at that. But um, I just want to keep trying to help people, and that's really the day-to-day goal right now is um, meet as many needs as we can. So And take the shame out of it. So that's all I know right now. <laughs> and anyone who menstruates, whatever their gender identity, age, anything, can reach out to you. It doesn't matter. In fact, we also do work with, uh, with senior citizens or even people with just bladder incontinence. We collect bladder control pads and diapers and things like that, too. So, yeah, we are done with shame. It doesn't matter. Your body, however it functions, it's beautiful, and we're, and you shouldn't be punished for that. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for being on our show this week. We really appreciate it, and we're, we're so happy to get the information out to the public. So hopefully you'll get tons and tons of donations um, based on this. Um, we also have a special treat since um, you are a singer-songwriter. We have one of your songs we'd like to play here at the end of our show. Um, we've cool. queued up uh, Heart Never Hurt No One. Do you want to introduce it at all or tell us a little bit about yeah. it? This is the radio debut of it, actually. My wife, I'm, I'm married. My wife, Beth, and I have a little band. Um, we only have one song out, but it's the song you're about to play. And I play drums and sing, and she plays guitar. And, and it's called Electric Sunday. The band is called Electric Sunday. So I hope you enjoy this song. It's from the heart. Thank you so Thank much. You. What a great privilege. So, yes, this is the radio debut of, of uh, Heart Never Hurt No One. Thank you so much for joining us uh, here on Every Woman, and we will see you next week. Stay tuned because uh, Donna Wolf and the uh, Urban Connections is coming up next. <laughs>